I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. And today we are going to talk about happiness. Uh, my guest today is uh, Peggy Sullivan. She is a CEO of a national women's nonprofit that empowers women to grow personally and professionally. With a strong and supportive community, she can provides continuous learning and support to women to help women, excuse me, step into their power and shine brighter than ever. With nearly 15 years of experience as a customer experience director in various organizations, Peggy is no stranger to the field. Uh, she is the founder of She Can. She's a strong advocate for empowering women professionals to succeed through supporting each other. I love that. Let's just get talking. Let's get right into this. Oh, she's also written a book called uh, Happiness is Your Responsibility, which I think think is great. I think we should all take responsibility. And uh, you are considered the happiness rainmaker. Is that correct? Hi, Peggy. I, I am. And you know, it's just today it's become way too easy to put our happiness on the back burner, right? I mean, let's face it, life is challenging. And as a result, many of us, we're, we're kind of been in this survival mode, not this, this thriving mold driving mode. And so that's why I am so focused on, on making happiness actionable. And as we talk, you'll see that I definitely have a lot of Peggy-isms. And one <laughs> of them is that I have a theory that happiness is the muscle and that the more you flex that muscle, the stronger it gets. And you can train your muscles to get really, really strong and hey, there's a lot of research about happiness and the payoffs. Happy people have increased energy, productivity. They live longer. They have stronger relationships. They're much better at dealing with stressful situations. So I say, don't we? We we deserve this good stuff. We deserve a lot of this good stuff. So uh, I'm on a mission to get people to flex their happiness muscle. I love that. Now, were you always happy? Oh my goodness, no, I definitely wasn't. And I did have a big um, happiness aha moment. I, you know, just a little bit about my history. I was that eat, work, sleep person mm -hmm. where I just kept on focusing on that next rung in the ladder that I could accomplish. And I was married to the perfect lawyer, had the perfect family, but yet I was I was chasing chasing that that thing that never really materialized, but I did have something that happened to me that stopped me dead on my tracks and really made me reevaluate what happiness is all about. And it goes back to my mother. And you and I were talking about our parents not too long ago, mm. but um, my mother, Sukhan, she died incredibly young. She had a brain tumor that was followed by pancreatic cancer. And she was just in a horrible place. She was frustrated. She was angry. She was depressed. 
Mm-hmm. And this went on for a very long time. And she was also terminal. And then one day, one magical day, I walked into our hospital room and everything was different. And it was such a huge change from a previous pessimistic state. I just, I had to ask her, what's going on, mom? Because mm-hmm. day after day, she was up, she was happy, she was eating, she was listening to the radio, just everything changed. And she said to me, you know, I finally get it. She says, I finally get the fact that happiness is a choice. Yes, I have cancer. Yes, I'm dying. Yes, I don't know when I'm going to breathe my last breath. But you know what? I am going to make these breaths and my time and my time with you really good and as good as I can possibly make it. And she did. And talking about her memories and doing things that bring her joy, she died with a smile on her face. And for me, it was like, holy cow, if if my mom can find happiness at the end of her life when she's in this excruciating pain, well, surely all of us who have so much good going on in our lives, we can figure out how to be happy. So I got on a mission to really understand the art and the science of happiness and and to show the world that happiness is actionable and there are so many things you can do to improve your mood and improve how how you're feeling and how well you're doing and and probably more importantly than anything that satisfaction in life because once i flipped the switch on happiness everything in my life got really really good wow so how long have you been the happiness rainmaker? Like how long have you been living with this epiphany? Well, I've been living with the epiphany. Rob, I, I, I would say the epiphany didn't happen right away because I had to mourn my mother's death. Right, right. And then um, I had other events going on in my life. But I would say the last five years for me has been like, a total change in everything. I um, had worked, I, I was that person, eat, work, sleep, had really great jobs. I traveled the world. I had thousands of employees reporting to me. I was just eat, work, and sleep. And one day I realized that I was fulfilled. I was filled, but I wasn't fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like that zombie going from one task to the next. And actually, I had something kind of really funny happen to me. I had, I had come home from work one day and I realized I didn't eat all day. And so I went to, uh, to grab some pistachio nuts, my go-to food, because the refrigerator was empty, and grab some food for my cat, who was also ravenous. And uh, I woke up on the couch about half an hour later realizing that my cat was choking on pistachio nuts. And I was... Um, and had consumed cat food. And oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it, it just made me realize that I'm like this mindless zombie, and, and life, life has to be really different. And that's when I quit my job, and I started a nonprofit, and I started really, really researching happiness and the art and the science of it. And it has just been really... Um, for me in my life and also the people I work with and, and the people I speak to. And I wrote a book about it because it's just been very difficult for a lot of people 
to understand what the recipe is. You know, they, they need to make happiness actionable. They see the value of it, but they just don't know how to make it happen for themselves. Well, we're going to talk about that. So my first question, though, for you, is, is this is because this is very interesting, is what can we do to put happiness on the front burner? Like, What can we do to change our mindset and to make it actionable? Well, I think, I think the, the, the first thing is, is making the choice. You know, I talked about my mother and nothing really changed for her except for her attitude. She made a choice to be happy. She decided to look at the positive in life. You know, negativity is such a self-fulfilling prophecy. I have um, an aunt who's 88 years old and I call her poor Aunt Adrian, And she just wallows in the negative parts of her life instead of embracing all of the good parts of her life. And it's funny because every phone call I have with her will start off with her complaining about this, that, and the other thing. And then I'll ask her, what are you, what are you grateful for? You know, what did you do today? You know, do you have food in your belly? Are your bills paid? And really get her to think about what's important. And everything changes when she does that. So you asked, how do, how do we make happiness actionable? I think it's really important that we all know what, what is important in our lives and what we value. As, as women, we spend our time taking care of others, but we don't always take a moment to say, you know, where do I get my energy from? What drives me? What's important to me? I do an exercise with groups of women and I ask them to write five of their values down. Um, and it's a workshop format. And I will tell you, 90% of the women sit there and they don't know what to put down. Mm. You ask a man, man, he knows. He knows what makes them happy. And he takes care of himself and it's intuitive. But as women, because we're caregivers and we spend so much time taking care of others, we, we don't think about what makes us happy and, and what we value. And that is so important. How can you have a fulfilled life if, if you're not really laser focused on, on the things that you value? So besides like writing those down and, and making the conscious decision, like what else, what else should we be doing? Like what, what if you are, is it just a matter of just flipping your perspective? I mean, it sounds like that's what your mom did. Um, I yeah, wish I could have um, got my mom to do that. She was very negative towards the end of her life. I really believe um, first you need to understand that happiness is an art and a science. And happiness has a biological root. So there are things that you can do to get your hormones and to get your blood really flowing so that you release neurochemicals. And these neurochemicals make you happy no matter what your attitude is. Um, You know, you can exercise, a good night's sleep, a good belly laugh. So there are so many things that we can do to ignite these neurochemicals and put us in a good place. Um, you, you know, and the small things. I know for me, I've got a candle that sits in my desk, and I I sometimes don't wake up, you know, a hundred percent right on. But I'll tell you, I love the smell of this candle, and when I smell it, it reminds me of fresh baked cookies and my childhood and 
just the simple act of lighting this delicious candle, it, it can change my paradigm. And, and we need to remember that small things can do that. So I say a couple of things. You want to know some tools. One of my favorite yes. tools is a tool I call the mood elevator. And you can Google it. You can um, just look for it and print it out. It, it is just a piece of paper that on the bottom, it's got the crust. And on the top, it's got grateful. And then it's got all the emotions that one could possibly feel in between. And it asks you to think about where you're at. And if you're not at least curious, curious and open to what the day can provide you, then you're going to be in a self-destruction mode. And there's a lot of research that shows how it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so it's so important to take a little pause and say, where am I? You know, and if I'm depressed, why am I depressed? And if I'm depressed, what can I be grateful for? What small things can I do that really make my day? I've got a 24-pound Siamese cat. And this cat is the funniest thing in the whole world. And he makes me laugh. So I know if I'm down, I'm out. You know, I literally put my cat in a um, carriage and, and walk him outside. And it's one of my most delightful activities because people come up to the carriage think it's a baby and they'll be like oh my god it's a, it's a cat. giant cat <laughs> it's a giant cat and it's a conversation starter but it is just so much fun and you know, there's so many things that we can do in life to bring back the fun yeah. to get our energy going i mean really the opportunities are endless we just really really have to do them uh, it's funny i uh I, I have the opposite. I've got a tiny dog that um, I got at the beginning of the pandemic after, after my mom passed away, actually, because I thought we needed some joy in our household. So I got this minuscule dog, smaller than I intended for her to be. And anytime I take her out, which it, people just love her because she's, she's obscenely small, <laughs> like <laughs> shockingly small. And uh, people just laugh. They think she's a puppy. They come, so I can see that. And she brings me so much joy and my children. So, you know, it, my, my husband wasn't really for getting a dog. And I'm like, no, we need this. You're wrong. We need this dog. We need some joy in our life. You know, um, the kids yeah. experience, you know, loss, the loss of their, gran their last grandparent. My, you know, I'm like, and this, there's a pandemic going on. It, it was very frightening at that time. And I'm like, we need something positive. And it was, yeah. it was good. We, um, we have a lot, as women, particularly, mm -hmm. we listen to the voices in our head a lot, you know, right. the, and these voices are like compare and despair, you know, I'm not good enough, you, you're worried by nature, and it's so important to try to turn those voices off and focus on these little small things in life. I can remember you, you were talking about the pandemic. I can remember one time in the pandemic, it was right in the beginning too, and I was really concerned about my business because the business was not a virtual business. It, it was a, you know, go to an event business and events were done. And so I was really concerned that my business wouldn't thrive and it has, but, 
But anyway, so I decided yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get out of my head and I am going to go for a walk. And it was, it was spring, it was summer. And I started walking and I came across Walter and I saw Walter on all of my walks. He was a steadfast fixture and Walter was probably a 160 pound dog. Um, and he had an electronic fence and his parents were always working. So you could always see Walter kind of hanging out in his front yard and he looked bored and he, he never looked really happy and his food and his water were there. And then one, one day, this day that I was really down, I looked at Walter and he literally had a butterfly sitting on his big nose <laughs> and I'm looking at it. And I thought to myself, I had to get out of my head. Look at what's going on here. So this big dog was taking this butterfly and flipping him up and then catching him back on his nose. And this went on for like five minutes. It was such a delight to watch. And it pulled me out of the funk that I was in and reminded me that when you are present, you look around you. There's so much beauty. There is, is so much to absorb. And so another tool besides the mood elevator is just, just being present. And yes, I was going to say, yes, yes. Not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future. We're not fortune tellers. We don't know what's going to happen. Live in the here and now. You know, it's interesting you say that because, um, I, I living in the past, it's something, and I think as we get older, because in my audience, we're mid, midlife, getting older, that can be very uh, debilitating, I think, to live in the past. Uh, and I have to remind myself that, like, for instance, today, I actually wrote an Instagram post about that, how I try to be positive and I'm very like pro-aging and we need to be, um, you know, try to be happy. And I, I try to be that, but there are moments and it happens. It can happen any day. I can be listening to a song that takes me back. And then I'll be thinking, okay, how old was I when this song came out? What was I doing when this song came out? Oh, wait, then my parents were this age. What were they doing? And I can like really work myself up. How did I get this old so fast? You know? And, and then I have to either turn, sometimes I turn the song if it's really getting me down or uh, I just have to flip the script and be like, okay, these are great memories and let's think about what's so great about today. And it's very interesting and really like fortuitous that we're speaking today because this literally was my Instagram post today about, you know, this. And like, sometimes I, you know, like aging, it's, you know, great. It's a privilege. We should be honored that we, you know, and then there's other moments where like, you know what, this aging thing sucks. We lost our, we lose our parents, you know, we lose our vitality, our beauty, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a second, stop thinking like that. So yeah, you I like, don't lose any of that stuff because you always have your memories. Exactly. And, and beauty, beauty is from the inside out, right? I, I mean, I, I think there are three types of people. I think there are mojo makers and those are the people that walk into the room and light it up and they're inspirational. And they don't have to be per se beautiful people, but they're beautiful because they're high energy and there's so much fun to be with. And they're right. the people you want on your team. And then there are kind of the middle rotors, which is probably where most of us lie, where, you know, life is good. It's not great. I go through the motions. I'm really busy. I'm a victim of my schedule. I don't have time for personal growth. 
And then there are the Anadrians, the uh, Gloom and Doomers, the Energy Zappers. And I just think that if, if you can, you know, spend some time trying to be that mojo maker, trying to be that person that inspires those around you, that is a great way to live your life. And if you can't, at least try to be a middle roader where you're open to it, but nothing good comes out of gloom and doom and thinking about the fault with everything. Really, it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I agree. I agree. So you're saying if you're a middle roader, basically, which is where I think I am with moments of mojo and moments of gloom and doom, by the way, but punch up, don't punch down. (laughs) Punch above. Yeah, definitely punch it up or surround yourself with somebody who can help you punch it up. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, go listen to a podcast or go listen to a TED talk. And, you know, energy is contagious. And there are a lot of studies about positivity and how positivity is contagious and and sort of what happens when really positive people walk into a hospital of sick people and how they can turn it around just by their energy level and their ability to get people to laugh and to smile and to think about good. I, I agree. And I, I, you're making, I'm, I'm thinking about this because I'm like, you know, it, it's something I try to do, but it's not something I vocalize very much. You know, it's not something, and it's true. If you are, if you can at least fake it till you make it with him, because I think if you, even if you just put a smile on your face when you're not really feeling it, it will resonate. You'll find people smile back at you, which will make you happy. Like it's, that's also a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think if you fake happy, you know, that you're happy at the moment instead of doom and gloom. Or do something that you love, something that makes you really, really happy. I mean, I talked about my fat cat, Oliver. And by the way, Oliver has a Facebook page. If you want to see Oliver doing funny and fun things, you can go to my Facebook page, um, Peggy Sullivan. But, um, you know, there are other things that you can do. I, I love standing on my head. When the blood rushes to my head, all these neurotransmitters get going and it makes me feel great. My husband's always like, why are you upside down all the time? I'm like, because it just makes my blood rush. And then I just have all this energy and I feel really super, super happy. That's awesome. So can you tell me uh, about your theory regarding the happiness tripod? Yeah, I sure can. Um, So I believe that happiness sits on a tripod stool and and that really there are three types of, of happiness and it's really, really important to make sure that you give equal credence to each of them. You know, we tend to think about happiness and joy as being one dimensional or I'll be happy when I get this. And that's how I live most of my life. I think both of us do. Right. Yeah. And, but really there are three things that are critical to your happiness and they need to happen simultaneously. One is your mindset and having a positive mindset. We spent a lot of time talking about that. Uh One is your professional growth, because even if you're not in a career, you love to learn and you love to grow. And there's something really satisfying about learning and doing new things. Uh And then last is your health and your wellness. I mean, let's face it, without your health, 
you know, you've got no basis. So picture this, you know, and we've all been in this situation. You love your job to the point that you're a workaholic and you're working all the time. And being a workaholic, it makes you miserable and makes you stressed. I mean, you're excited about the job and that's great, but you don't have time for family and friends. You're not taking care of your nutrition. You're not exercising. You're, you're kind of missing out on all these other parts of your life. And I think that example is a great example of you really need all three of these things to align to what I call reach your happiness potential. You know, to be happy, um, you need to have your mindset, your, your professional growth, and your health and wellness. You need to focus on all three buckets. Otherwise, your lifestyle is not sustainable. You're going to crash and burn because one of them is not going well and it's consuming you. I like that. So you're saying that you need mindset. So if I draw a triangle, mindset is one of the points professional growth is another and health and wellness is the other. And you need to make sure that they're all balanced. Right. And ironically, some of them, most of them are things you have personal control over, right? I mean, you can choose to live a healthy lifestyle. You can choose your attitude. You can choose to continuously learn and be in a career that's challenging and fulfilling. And that's a good part of it because let's face it, in life, there are so many things we can't control. Absolutely. We Absolutely. spend too much energy trying to control these things, and they're out of our control. What a, what a waste of time they are. But yet, so many people worry about things out of their control. So I always like to tell people that I coach that, you know, think about something. And if it's something you can't control, just deal with it, get over it. You can't control it. There's no value in spending time thinking about it or worrying about it or obsessing about it. Think about what you can control. Focus on that. I agree. I agree. But I do, I, I find that certain aspects as I'm getting older, I, I, I think with getting older comes the, the, you now have the knowledge to know that there are things you can't control. And I definitely look back now and say, my God, I wasted a lot of energy on things I can't control. But then I find myself also worrying about things that I didn't worry about when I was younger because, you know, like I didn't have children and I, you know, there's, there's, it just, life becomes more complex, but I think it's the way you approach it and your attitude. And I see so many people as they get older that used to have joy, used to find happiness sort of go down the negative path. And I, I personally want to flip the script on that for myself and would hope, because I, I see, I agree with you. I see the good that comes from it. If you, yeah, you know, it, it, internally. It's, it's so easy to become a zombie, right? I mean, right. you've got this checklist and everybody's obsessed with their checklist and they want to check things off. And all of a sudden, that's what you're doing. You're just checking the boxes off. And you're, you're totally filled, but, but you're just not filled. And it all gets back to, do you know what drives and nourishes you? And I talk a little bit about the exercise. You know, when I went through the exercise, I looked at an empty piece of paper for a long period of time. 
And I finally realized, you know, the four or five things that are critical for me in my life. Mm -hmm. And I have a list that's right by my bedside. And every night I ask myself, did I, did I incorporate the things I value most into my day? And if I didn't, I make sure the very next day I figure out how to incorporate those things that I value most back into my day. Because those are the things that fuel me. Those are the things that feed me. So I, and I agree with that, but let's say that you have negative people, you know, I I call them the blood suckers (laughs) in your life. And, you know, obviously you need to get rid of them, but sometimes you can't, sometimes they're your family. Sometimes what, what do you do in those instances or in those times when you are around a blood sucker and you just can't, extricate yourself from that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, blood suckers, I feel like blood suckers need to be acknowledged. Their truth, their truth needs right. to be acknowledged. So I find that you can stop somebody in their traps when you just say, gee, I'm really sorry you feel that way. What can we do to, do to turn this around? Or I also had a friend that was very, very negative and I told her, I said, look, um, I'm, I'm trying to lead a positive life. And a lot of times when we get together and when we talk, um, you know, you, you can be very downward trodden. And so what can we do together to change this paradigm? Because it's not good for you. And I know it's not good for me. And a lot of times people don't even realize that they're so negatively focused. You know, I have another friend who was very critical about other people and just always used to see the bad, not see the good. And so I just told her, I'm like, you know, Annette, you need to change. This isn't good for you. You're, you're making yourself miserable. You're making other people around you miserable. Stop this shit. And so now it's a conscious thing for her. You know, when she gets negative, she's like, oh, gotta, gotta stop that voice in my head. But that's good that she was open to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and and you know what? Not, not everybody is open to it. Even like my, my poor old Anne Adrian, gloom and doom Anne Adrian, even her, if I get her to really think about happy memories or things that bring her joy or to talk about good things, eventually she'll come around. She'll at least, her, her mood will at least change a little bit. It's very rarely that I can't get her to feel grateful for a couple of things in her life. That's good. That's good. Well, I also, I also think that like I watched my mom and I think a lot, I think a lot of the doom and the gloom actually comes from depression. That would be my, my thought on that. Uh, Cause I've seen it. Um, and I've been there, I've been there. Um, and I saw my mom and this is this, I have proof that it, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy because she, she went negative. She went to the negative and climbed in bed. She was depressed. Um, and just, I watched her just fall disintegrate in front of my eyes. And it was, it was really hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. And your mom did the opposite. I, I'd like, I was listening to you talk about your mom and I'm like, Oh, I wish my mom had done that. You know, yeah, she, you know, she came to that on her own at right. the end of her life. And I think it, it just changed everything. 
And I love to tell that story because it, it, it many times will force people to look at everything in life a little bit, Absolutely. you know, a little bit differently. But, um, you know, I, I love to ask people when they're miserable, like, how does being miserable feel? Well, I feel miserable. Okay. Well, do you want to feel miserable? No. Okay. So what do you, what do you, what are you going to do to get out of your misery? You got, you got to do something, something small, take a small baby step. And sometimes that's all it is. Yep. It's just taking a small baby step, getting fresh air on your face, you know, looking outside a window. I've got these big fuzzy pink slippers and I woke up this morning and I had a chill and I just, I, I just was cold and I couldn't warm up. So I took a hairdryer and put it into my big fuzzy pink sleep slippers and I stuck my feet into these nice warm slippers. And I was like, oh, this feels so good. And it just changed everything. There's always something you can do. Always something. All right. And that, so tell me a bit about the She Can community. Explain this. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I, I was that person that worked in a male-dominated community. I was the only woman in the boardroom, the only woman at the management table, the only woman that got the privilege of traveling the country. And that was really great. But I reached a point in my life where I realized all of my friends were men and all of my confidants were men. And I thought to myself, there's a world of women out there that are amazing. And why don't we have a club? Why don't we have a secret group where we can help each other shine and help each other be amazing? And so I decided to start that group and I started it from scratch. I, I literally, um, I was in Buffalo, New York when I started it. I literally went to business first and looked at the most influential women in Buffalo. I didn't know them, but I called them anyways, told them what I wanted to do. And then we did some market research to really understand what are women's challenges? What are you interested in? What do you want? What do you need? And we put together curriculum and events based on that. And little by little, women would walk into our group and we could change their lives. Their stories would change. I had this one woman who came to one of our events um, right after she found out her job was eliminated. And ironically, she'd come to this event. She didn't know a soul. She walked in. She sat next to me. And she said, I, I feel like all my doors are closing. I said, well, what if all of your doors are opening? What if now you get to decide what you want to do? And I asked her, I said, what do you want to do? You could do anything. She said, I want to help people. I said, you want to be a consultant? You want to be a growth coach? She says, yes. You know what? She's a growth coach now and she helps hundreds of people. And she is so happy. And to watch this woman mm. who kind of walked in a little bit, kind of not real happy about herself, to, I mean, now she's like this powerhouse that walks in and throws her shoulders back and is always laughing and smiling and, and looking great. And, and so that's what she can is all about, to give women the tools that they need to thrive. We don't want women that are surviving. 
We want women that are thriving and, and helping each other. So right now we're an international group. We um, have, we're a membership-based group. You can find out more about the membership by going to theshakecannetwork.com, just as it sounds. Um, and you can, for a very low cost, become a member and get exposed to these events, these virtual events. And what's really nice about them is there's something going on every time of the day, all week long, you know, because we have members that are in Mauritius and England and Ireland and, and Africa, you know, their, their time zones are all different. And so there's always something great going on that can take you out of your head and, um, and, and, and make you um, really happy. And the topics are always amazing. I, had um, an event on Tuesday night where they were talking about sex. And it was really crazy because these women, young and old, modest, not modest, they were talking about sex and how to get more enjoyment out of sex. And it was crazy how these women from all walks of life were just having a blast, you know, people from all over the world. So you know, I, th I really believe that women can help women and that women need to collaborate and that we are, we give each other power. And so that's what this group is all about. It's about stepping into your power and becoming the best version of yourself. But also empowering other women as well. But I like empowering that. other women. Yeah. I mean, our women love to help other women live out their dream. I love that. Wow. That's so far. You're saying like all the things I love to hear, you know, <laughs> we all you know, have, we, yeah. we get this, this, this one shot at life, right? Yep. I mean, yep. we don't get to live yesterday. Nope. We get to live yesterday over, but we get this one shot at life. So, you know, it, it's just so important to know the things that, that turn you on. Um, I know for me, when I think about my value most list um, challenge is, is one of those things. I like doing really, really, really hard things. You know, when I was 50, I ran my first marathon, never ran before, decided to start running in a Buffalo winter, had two, two months to train myself and snow oh that year, the snow was, was crazy. And I look back and I'm like, how the heck did I run a marathon? you know, at age 50, but it was like, so rewarding to do something really, really challenging. So I know that about myself. And I know that I always need a challenge, a really, really hard challenge in my life. You know, our ch my challenge right now, I have two challenges going on. One is we're opening up a She Can chapter in Dubai. And that's really hard. Uh -huh. Because um, I'm just meeting people in Dubai. They're they're across the world. Their morals, their ethics, their values are very different. different. Right. But yet, there are women who want to grow and want to learn and want companionship. And so, why not do something really, really hard? And the other hard thing I'm doing, I um, I have a personal trainer. It's funny because I had a personal trainer in Buffalo because I love to exercise. And when I came here to um, <clears throat> Palm Beach Gardens, I, the first night I went out to dinner and the cute little waitress said, you know, what can I tell you about the area? I said, 
I need somebody to work out with. I need, I need a personal trainer. I love a personal trainer. And she's like, my boyfriend's a personal trainer. <laughs> so now I have this 21 year old hot personal trainer named Miguel, but, um, you know, he, he has decided that I'm going to become the best shape at 63 I've ever been in my whole life. I'm like, you can make a 63-year-old's butt round. Why you not? Can, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so he is, and we are, and it's so friggin' amazing. I and I'm working that. hard, but I'm doing it. You're growing younger. That's what that's what I'm always, that's my favorite hashtag, growing younger. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yep. Reverse yeah. aging. Well, you know, as much as we can, because I do believe that a lot of it happens in our mind and uh, our attitude. So I love this. This is great. Is there, okay, we should probably wrap it up. Is there anything else you want to add? Like, okay, so you said shecannetwork.com, right? Right. What if else? you want to, um, I also do a tremendous amount of, of public speaking. Right. My website is, is PeggySullivanSpeaker.com. Right. And you can find out more about that there. And you can also purchase my book. Um, right. happiness is your responsibility. It's, it's a really fun book because it, it has stories. It's got beautiful pictures. It's, it's really a coffee table book. It's not a book that you sit down and read and it has traditional chapters. It's a book that when you need inspiration, when you need to feel love, when you want to laugh, when you want to cry, this is the book to go to. And, um, so I'd love to invite people to Take a peek at it. It's also on Amazon. Happiness is your responsibility. Right. I was just going to say that. Happiness is your responsibility by Peggy Sullivan. Anywhere on social media, anything else you want to? No, I mean, just go to my website or, or give me, give me a buzz. Um, you know, write to me. I mean, or, or go to my LinkedIn site, you know, um, Peggy Sullivan, um, my LinkedIn site. I'm from Buffalo, New York. You'll see me there. Or you can also just go to my personal email. I love meeting new people. I um, make it a point to network with five to 15 new people every single week. That's the best part of my week. So much fun. It's amazing who you meet, what you learn. It's really great. That's, That's great. I think, too, we tend not to do that as we get older. Sometimes we get, you know, we, we've got our, we've got our network and we, you know, I, I find that more women as we get older, I'm hearing them say like, I'm getting rid of the friends as I call them the blood sucker. So they're, 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 it's a smaller, tighter group is basically. I have met right. so many women over the last couple of years due to COVID, due to everybody clustering to LinkedIn. I mean, I reach out to these amazing women and I say, can you give me 15 minutes for a virtual coffee? Very rarely do they say no. And then you open the door to an amazing friendship and an amazing relationship. And I mean, this is, this is the silver linings of today. So many silver linings. Yep. And to be grateful and happy. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been great. I'm, I'm, I feel happier now just from this conversation. That's good. Um, Okay, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Peggy. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everyone. And 
Fake it till you make it. Be happy. Bye.